Hi, I'm Dominic Patton. And I'm Pete Hammond. And this, once again, is the Deadline Podcast TV Talk. Hey, today we're going to be discussing the Emmy contenders for best comedy series. It's a big one. Plus, no laughing gonna, joke there. No laughing joke. No, this is a marquee category for the Emmys. Uh, and you're going to hear my interview, uh, speaking of comedy series, with Chuck Lorre uh, from the Kaminsky Method, one of the key contenders this year, and Dominic's interview with Dan and Eugene Levy from Schitt's Creek from our annual Emmys contenders event. And Schitt's Creek should actually win a special Emmy for best title you yeah. have to say in it's public. Gotta, I love it. I wonder I, yeah. if there are places that actually do censor it. Uh, there may be, but let's not give them any ideas. Ah. It's it's not spelled the way you're talking here. We're it's talking to S-C-H- We're talking to you, NPR. S-C-H-I-T-T-S. I bet they do. I bet they do censor it. Uh, However, okay. we are talking about, in fact, Schitt's Creek is on, mm-hmm. is on our list for one of the shows that should be a contender for the best comedy series in this year's Emmys. And it is very strongly, I think, a, a contender. It is a absolute gem of a show. Just look. It's got Eugene Levy in it, yeah. and it's got Catherine, Catherine O'Hara. What so, I mean, want? like, really, like, just do the right thing. What more do the right thing here. Exactly. It's so so that, that is our shameless plug for Schitt's Creek as getting an Emmy nomination because yeah. it's the right thing to do, and, America. And sadly, every year, you know, we've hoped, but it hasn't come to be. Um, so we're hoping that this year... Uh, because, you know, they have been growing in popularity. It's sort of coming up from the underground of TV comedy, and people are noticing it. So I think it could. And know. moving towards a conclusion. Yeah. So very okay. good. But there is a there are a lot of things, obviously, yeah. in terms of other conclusion. Big Bang Theory yep. had a big bang and wrap-up recently, yeah. and it, it will be in a good place. The Good Place will be in a good place. Modern Family, which is also going to be coming to an end, will be in a good place here, as well as Jane the Virgin, which also came to an end, and, and many others. But I have to say, and you, you mentioned the Kaminsky, method in the uh, in the lead up here and of course there's Russian doll which involves coming to your end many times over but I think clearly the winner in this category this year and the nominee obviously is going to be the final season of Veep yeah I would say that you're probably right on would that you bet money would I, you bet money on me being right I'm not going to bet money on this because you have two defending champions here you have the marvelous Mrs. Maisel last year's winner because Veep wasn't eligible well not just because Veep wasn't eligible Mrs. Maisel's very good no I know but I mean you know who knows Veep had won what two or three years in a row uh, in this category um, and now it's back we know it's the final season they also did a great final season they did a great final season so if you do a great final season and you're Veep you're probably going to be the front runner but if you're Mrs. Maisel, you know what? Coming on at the outside here, there could be a race. There could well, and be there, a race. I mean, and there also can be, we talked about this in term, when we talked about this category in terms of best actors and best actresses. Yeah. You know, there also can be a passing of the baton. Right. That is that because, as you said, Veep has won so many times, because Julia has won so many times, there might be a feeling of you did a damn good job, right. but you don't need the payoff now because yeah. there's, a, there's a new sheriff in town. We've certainly seen shows finally win their Emmys, like Cheers, um, Everybody Loves Raymond. The Americans late in the season or in their final season, they finally give it to them. Um, but in this case, Veep's already been so rewarded that they don't really have the need to do that here. So, so it's a bigger question here. Now, the big question is Chuck Lorre has been nominated eight times for Emmys, has never won. Of course, he has the Big Bang Theory, which hasn't been nominated in several uh, years in this category, but had a hugely uh, publicized uh, going away party. And, and incredibly <laughs> successful. I mean, over 18 yeah. million people watched and it. And so 
that is possible as a tip of the hat to Chuck Lorre, but he's competing against himself because he has the Golden Globe winner. He did win his first Golden Globe comedy series uh, for uh, the Kaminsky Method. and uh, With Alan Arkin and, of course, Michael Douglas. And Michael Douglas, and that's very well liked. And that, I think, and will... back for a second season on Netflix. Yeah, and I think it will be nominated here. Um, but is it enough, and will he be competing against himself? Is it time to give Chuck Lorre something here? It seems a shame that he hasn't even gotten one Emmy when I know a few hairstylists out there that have six of them on their oh, mantelpiece. I know. I'm sorry. You've used that joke before. <laughs> You've used that joke before. That joke is no, that joke is now ineligible I, on our podcast. I think I also, used lighting designers the last oh, time. Hey, to, tomato, tomato, <laughs> right? You can't deny everyone, that. everyone below the line deserves nothing but love, but no, not no, to they be, do. Not I'm not to, saying they don't deserve Emmys. I'm just saying that like a Chuck Lorre doesn't have one, while a lot of people have ten of them in other categories. It's just the nature of the Emmys. There's a lot. Of okay. difficult hair to work with in Hollywood, okay, yes. my friend. Hey, and, and also I will say too is we we have to all put you know context is king in many ways. Atlanta is ineligible this year. Curb Your Enthusiasm, which came back, is ineligible, and right. Silicon Valley are ineligible. Yeah, like, that's amazing. And, you know, Curb obviously once was a heavyweight in this right. category. Yeah. Not so not so much with that return, right. unfortunate return. Atlanta and Silicon Valley are both always strong contenders. So yeah. for them not to be part of the part of the game this year does kind of move around the pieces. Of what and you know who be. is part of the game, and I interviewed her when I was in New York, uh, Tina Fey, mm -hmm. uh, with the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, a final, final chance here. Yeah. It is nominated a lot, and it has never won. So this is a case of actually bringing a show in that uh, for their final uh, round that could possibly uh, snag another nomination. I think it yeah. just may. Yeah, uh, I think and, so But too. of course, Netflix is really competing with itself in this category because they may not have all the drama series this year because they don't have The Crown, they don't have Stranger Things, but they sure as hell have the comedy they series. They got Grace and Frankie. Yeah, they got they, Russian Doll. They got, they got, Dead got Kaminsky to me. Method. They got Dead to Me, which is a show I love, by the way. I think that's a great show. It's probably too new to break in here, and there's too much competition, but I think I, I it's might really add Pete good. and I totally differ on that yeah. opinion. And I really like Grace and dead Frankie. Dead to Me is Dead to Me. It is? Is really, totally I think it's me. really good. You and okay. I are different people. All right, all right. Well, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> I'm just going to leave it at that. There, you're shameless. Oh, wait, that's oh, another I, one. That's another one. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, man. All right, so it's Shits Creek for Dominic, and it's... Which uh, I'm always up in one way or another. Exactly. <laughs> and, and there are some, you know, here, here's the thing, is too, is that the interesting thing about comedy, it is actually still, in many ways, one of the playgrounds in which big four network television ha well, have, have movement. Good place. NBC. This it, has really come up with critics and everything else, and there it is. I don't. I've mentioned this before. I don't quite get all the love for that show. You and I are in the same place about that. Yeah. You and I. But but people do love it. They love it. People do I love it. I they, like. Turns out a little bit of Ted dancing can go a long way. A long way. Yeah. And so don't discount that because that's a show that's sort of coming up and they're doing all the uh, campaigning out. And they're there. shrill, which I which I think you know yeah. did not deserve the did not get the attention it deserved. It's a lovely little show. It's too slight to break into this category. I think. Uh, you know. Mm, but uh, I, but Eddie I Bryant's it, I, one. Wonderful. I really like. I think her. it takes a unique. It takes a very unique perspective on yeah. on. Um, I think on social life in general, specifically from a female point of view. Right. I, same thing. I'd also say of FX's Better Things, which I think yeah. is a fantastic show. It was which driven is, by Pamela Adlin. And you know, it's really nothing her wrong thing. with that, pal. No, but it's really um, her thing. And yeah. and and in its most recent season has has grown and grown and grown. And it's it, you know. The, the premise of that, which you can it's a thing called the internet, yeah. so go check it out, um, is such that you think that the growth could only go certain directions, and they find all new directions to right. go. So hey. I, I think that deserves And FX are great at putting oh, on a campaign. totally. I got one more for you. What? It's a hit, man. It's Barry. 
and that's um, well, HBO. It was a winner last year. Uh, it's a it's a big hit with Emmy voters. Yeah, and um, I, I see that back in too. I don't know what we're going to do here because we have way too many comedy series that are really possible. They, and here. they're capped at five, correct? No, they can go up to actually seven. It depends on the vote, uh, how close the vote is for the ties with the between. Oh, so it could become like a three can actually yeah. become a three. There's like five? a two percent or something like uh, that. Really? Yeah. Is that nominated. how they do it? Yeah. I mean, I, I knew there was a methodology, yeah. but is there it really is a that method, like... There is a methodology oh, it was with tight. it. It doesn't have to be an exact tie to trigger the final nomination. They don't go beyond seven. Mm-hmm. At least I I don't know unless they changed it again. But they've always had a numerical way. We'll get back of doing to you in five minutes about that when it comes. Yeah. The TV Academy. Yeah. yeah. I mean, so comedy this year, I, I will. I'm not going to bet the farm on Veep, but I'm pretty much going to bet at least the Outer Acres. I really think I think this is Veep and Maisel. And I think we're either going to see tradition and departure or we're going to see. Uh, or we're going to kids. Gonna we're win. going to see them cancel each other out and a shocker on <sighs> Emmy night. That's your vote for Kaminsky. I can tell coming uh, through. Well, Anyways. We'll or, and speaking of that. Uh, I had a great time in New York when oh, I was in New York. Awesome transition. <laughs> <laughs> That's a ticket win for that. You Thank went you. today. Pete Hammond for best transition <laughs> in the podcast. I talked to the creator, uh, writer, director. This is going back to his roots. He really talks about a different thing, a single camera show versus a four camera uh, sitcom, which is what he's specialized in and done. Uh, this is different. It's about aging. It's about health. It's about a lot of things. He's got two big, giant Oscar-winning movie stars uh, starring in television, uh, Michael Douglas and Alan Arkin. I had a great time uh, talking to Chuck Lorre. The, the big break then in, in that was, I, I believe, uh, Grace Under Fire. Yeah, it was, that hit. it was a big hit right out of the gate. But you had written for Roseanne first, yeah, right? I was, a, I was a writer on staff yeah. for two years. That show was legendary for... Uh, it was unbelievable. Yeah. Back in the early 90s, Yeah, we'd routinely get 40 million viewers wow. on a Tuesday night. Yeah. It was unbelievable. What did you learn from that experience? Because there was all kinds of talk about how difficult uh, it was sometimes yeah, behind the it scenes. It was a boot camp. Yeah. <laughs> but I think, I think I, everybody who wrote there came out better. Mm-hmm. You, know? you know, neurotic, but better. <laughs> because it was hard. The hours were ridiculous. We, yeah. we would routinely work 60-hour weeks. Wow. If not more, I, I honestly, we, we would, there were times we went home and the sun was coming up, and um, but uh, you know we there, we learned that you could uh, you can write comedy that uh, that was grounded in reality. Mm-hmm. You didn't have to write over the top sketchy kind of material. Right, that, that was the big lesson from Roseanne. You've gone back to your roots in some ways, I think, with the Kaminsky method. You've gone in a different direction here. Why was the time right for, for the Kaminsky method? Well, uh, the opportunity to tell a, a different kind of story um, about uh, characters who are not in anybody's key demo. <laughs> <laughs> you mean aging people? <laughs> yes, yes, older people. Um, I, you know, it, it just struck me as a great opportunity. Um, and, and Netflix embraced it wholeheartedly right from the beginning. Even though it's got a Hollywood background setting, you know, a show business setting, it is really about aging. Getting old. What happens yeah, to getting us. Getting older and yeah. what happens to your body, what happens in relationships, loss, loss of loved ones, health issues, health issues, health issues. And, uh, and one of the reasons to put uh, Michael's character in, a, in an acting class was to surround him with people 
several generations removed from him. <laughs> and, and, and to investigate that huge chasm yeah. in his perception and theirs. And I also got on the comedy legacy bandwagon where I had, a, had and I have to say, it was a real honor for me because he, the man, Eugene Levy, is just an, a comedy idol of mine from SCTV up and onwards. And Dan Levy to also talk about the wonderful Schitt's Creek. I'm just going to give you the brief version. Very rich people um, lose everything. Have to move to town, they bought as kind of a joke, and then have to fit in in this backwater town and figure out how their lives are now going to evolve in all their eccentricities and more. You, I sorry. wish I had you in the pitch meetings. Um, yes, that is, that is it. Quick. Yeah. But part of the pitch meeting that, that well, wasn't in the pitch meeting is you play a, a trio of roles, co-creator, co-star, and showrunner. Yes. How is that? showrunning your father? Well, I sleep with a neck brace. Um, I wish I was joking. Um, He's got to be careful, <laughs> that's all. We, I, we have a great time. I mean, it's, it really, I, when, when all the pieces come together and they work, it, it really is quite a magical experience to be a part of. And um, Fortunately, we have a, a cast and crew that really love what they're doing and are really proud of what they're doing. And um, you know, we're our, we're back. It's, we just shot our first week of season six, and hey. it's so nice. Thank you. Uh, it's can you just, give us? Can you give us any hints? Last season, <laughs> turns out it was all a dream. Yeah, <laughs> he gets the motel out of the, burns yeah, down with Johnny everyone gets out inside. Of the shower. <laughs> um, you know, it's gonna. Ultimately, you want to give the fans everything they want, but you also want to give your characters everything they want. Um, and it's, I think, in a final season of a show, it's about marrying those two sort of expectations and hoping that you can service everyone in a in a fun and unexpected way. So I just think the great thing about the show and what, why it's been so much fun is just the the development. I mean, she, yeah, the fish out of water premise of the wealthy family losing everything and having to move into a motel and live in two adjoining rooms. Uh, is one thing, but it's the character development. It's how this family has grown as a family and ha has learned how to be a family. You know, in the old days, money was the band-aid that solved every problem, and now every character is developing uh, in such a beautiful way. And that's, I mean, I think that's part of what we saw in this clip. I mean, we're, you know, one of the things about Schitt's Creek is, is it, it deals with issues of gender and sexuality in, in such a, I find, poignant way. And, and yes, Thanks. there's a lots of humor. Of course there is. Yeah. But, but in scenes like we just saw right now, there's also a, a great heartfeltness to it, too. I wanted to get from you, and both of you, actually, is how does that balance work? Well, I think even in the darkest moments of your life, there's comedy. When you least expect it, you end up laughing at things. And I think that's just what we're trying to do is tell stories of these people's lives and um, there will be times that are slightly more emotional or slightly darker but ultimately when you have a group of people around you supporting you and lifting you up there will be humor in that there will be tears in that there will be joy in that um, and you know we had a, a director a couple seasons back that came on and described the show as breaking good and I always thought that that was such minus, a minus the meth yeah you know meth um, yet <laughs> season six, season six, spoiler! Surprise! <laughs> um, but I think when you're trying to bring out the best in people, you're going to get 
you're going to get a really lovely, um, you know, blend of, of both comedy and sentimentality. And it's just riding that wave and never go, getting too heavy handed when it comes to the emotional side of the show and always making sure that the comedy is rooted in something real and grounded and, um, and motivated and... Well, that's absolutely it because, you know, we, 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 we kind of play the moments in the show as you do in life because in life life is not made up of punchlines it's just made up of kind of moments some of them funny some of them emotional some of them tragic and there's humor in everything but you but just playing the moments and having the comedy come through character um is it's been a nice ride for five years. So thanks for listening to us talk today on the Deadline Podcast TV Talk. Make sure you always subscribe to us on iTunes so you will always catch every episode. And of course, you can find all of our Emmy-breaking news and coverage at Deadline.com. Thanks for joining us. Talk to you soon.